The following audio is from Central Christian Church, located in Portales, New Mexico. To connect with Central, go to centralwired.org.
Sweet. 
This semester, I'm taking a couple science classes, and one of them is biology. So I really want to stay on top of my schooling, so I've been reading ahead and kind of looking into some of the things about life. And so I've been on YouTube watching stuff on videos, and you've always got the suggested. And those are terrible for me because I'm ADHD, so I go on rabbit trails. Like, it's crazy. And one of the videos or one of the channels I found is from the old show Crocodile Hunter. And for those of you who don't know, it was Steve Irwin's show he did from 1999 to 2004. And this dude was crazy. Like, 68 episodes over eight seasons of Steve going every show, Crikey, this is an animal that can kill me in 20 seconds. I'm going to touch it. Like, 68 episodes. So here's a list of some of the animals he's touched. Snakes, spiders, crocodiles, alligators, kangaroos, snapping turtles, giant boas, scorpions, dingoes, boars, elephants, and orangutans. And that's just season one. Now, the reason I'm on such a rant is me and some of my friends were talking, and my buddy goes, how could someone be so dumb to be messing with things that can kill you? So I thought about it. We do the same thing. And I mean, I don't mean we all touch spiders. That's just me. Um, but every day in our daily lives, we commit pride, envy, gluttony, lust, anger, greed, and sloth. Every day, we commit these. You know what those sins are called? The seven deadly sins. See the connection? Every day, we start our days, and we commit sins all day long. But at the end of the day, I know that I am forgiven. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. It is a gift of God that no matter what we do, uh, how much we gamble with sin, God still loves us. There are people out there that have been kidnapped at sin and proclaim that God is not real, but he still loves them. He loves us all, and no matter how deep down that hole we get, he's still there to help us out of that hole, and he still loves us. Please bow your heads. Our dear most gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, and we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for the form of moisture you give us. It's a little cold, but we don't complain. We pray that you... Help everyone who's on the roads, and we pray safety over those who are clearing the way for us to get to to and from safely, and we pray you help us throughout the week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Good morning, folks, from the flight deck. We've reached our cruising altitude of 34,000 feet. The ride ahead looks smooth, so I'm going to turn off the seatbelt sign. Please feel free to get up and move about the cabin. But when you are seated, we ask that you keep your seatbelt fastened for the safety of yourself and others. Right now, it's looking like we will be in Phoenix about 15 minutes early, and I'll update you as the flight progresses and if there is any changes. So... Sit back, enjoy the flight, and thank you for flying American Airlines. We're finishing up our Anothering Sermon series, and we're taking a trip together, you and I. Love one another could go in a million different ways, and trust me, I tried about half of them. <laughs> but I ended at this question, how do we love like Jesus? 
Welcome online. If you're tuning in via Facebook Live, we're so glad that you're a part of our family. Thank you for coming uh, to the building today. I uh, hope you are warm. We would not fly normally in these conditions, but today, via imagination, everything will be fine. Your wounds can become part of your story, but they cannot be your identity. This was something that was shared by Don last week for Forgive One Another. Our wounds are part of us for better or worse, right? They inform how we act and react to various situations. They can also play a part in how we respond in love, how we extend it, our motivation. Let me show you a couple of examples. If a significant other left you, maybe a parent left at an early age or was absent, then that left you feeling like you weren't worthy, maybe. Why did they leave? Was I not good enough for them to stay? That would inform how you extend love. Maybe you have abuse in your past and you've hardened your heart. You've kept people at arm's length. You're worried that you could get hurt again. That informs your view of love. Maybe you're broken. You know, life can be pretty cruel sometimes. Maybe, just maybe, you were pretty sure that people couldn't love you the way you are, so you changed. These wounds are part of you. But our identity as Christians are in Jesus. So today, we're going to look at the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. It's called the love chapter for good reason, used at weddings uh, quite a bit. And again, with good reason, right? And so we're going to take a look at this passage today and the qualities of love. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me or on your app, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're starting at verse 4 this morning as we get going. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, And the first part of chapter 8, love never fails. Now, there's 16 qualities of love here. Um, Some are negative, meaning love is not. Those descriptors, some are positive. Love is an, an example, right? All of these, though, share something in common. They are all verbs. They all denote action, which means love does. I need to thank my buddy Chuck for his help today. This is a picture of him on one of his uh, last flights. Uh, He's been flying commercial airlines since the beginning of 2016, and he flew F-16s for 15 years prior to that. Uh, This is him on one of his last runs right there. Some of the pictures you see from the cockpit are photos that he took. said, send me your favorite picture that you've been uh, taken during your flights, and and he sent me quite a few. 
We started with this spiel from the cockpit, what he would say uh, when flying with American Airlines. How many of you with the show of hands have never flown before? Raise your hand if you've never flown before. Okay, some of you, right? Well, today's the day. You're flying today, right? You didn't know when you came into the building that that's what was going to happen, but here we go, right? So we are flying together. Now, there's a couple of things that happen when you go on a flight, right? You hit the airport, you grab your boarding pass, you go through security. Here's a pro tip. Make sure you wear socks when you're going through security, right? You do not want to put your bare feet on that nasty floor. That is gross. Don't ever do that, right? You put your shoes back on. You don't want to be that awkward person walking to your gate without shoes on. But you find your gate, you wait for the announcement, and then you board. It's a little chaotic. By little, I mean a lot, right? If you're an introvert like me, it's a little much, everything happening all at once, people jockeying for position, trying to find a place to put their bags. So this is what's happening while we're getting on this plane, and we're all on this plane together. John 13:35, Lily, birthday girl, just read this today. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus is not talking to the crowd here. Jesus is talking to this band of brothers, his disciples, right? His disciples included a hot-headed fisherman, right? And it also included a tax collector, the lowest of the low. Some even-keel guys, some off-kilter guys. All of these guys were kind of assembled together with one unifying purpose, to spread the gospel, right? Follow the teacher. Follow the Messiah. And Jesus is saying, If you guys can love each other, when you guys love each other, it will prove to the world that you're my disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a student of Jesus, if you're learning from Jesus, you're his disciple. So agape love is what we're talking about today, divine love, loving like Jesus. And this is why it's important. If we won't learn how to love people who follow Jesus, then we won't know how to love people who don't. Let me say that again. If we won't learn how to follow people or how to love people who follow Jesus, then we won't know how to love people who don't. Boarding a plane takes two things. They're the first two qualities that Paul talks about today. Patience and kindness. Uh, patience is long-tempered. That's what the Greek word means here, right? Patience is long-tempered. Long-tempered is the opposite of short-tempered. Short-tempered means short-fuse, right? Back in the day, fireworks were not as safe as they are now. If you held one in your hand, I never did this. I was a good boy, right? I always told my friends, what are you doing? That's crazy. If you lit a firework and held it in your hand, you had exactly 2.2 seconds to let it go before it blew your hand off, right? Again, don't do that. It's not smart. Don't do that. Short-tempered, short-fuse. You don't know when it's going to go off, right? You're not really sure, but eventually it's going to happen, and it's going to happen quick. And then all of a sudden, you don't know how you got there, but you got there, right? That's short-tempered immediately. And Paul's saying that's the opposite of what patience looks like. Patience is long-tempered. 
long fuse. Remain. Stay. I'm with you. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to walk with you. Not belittle. Hold my tongue. All of these things are rolled into patience. A kindness are intentional acts of grace. Agape, which lead others to the Lord and his purpose for their life. There's a verse of scripture that says your kindness leads us to repentance. And we kind of see how that works when we extend grace. When we are kind to others, we get out of the way and we allow them to approach the throne of God. I don't know if I've shared this with all of you, but when we sang How Marvelous, How Wonderful, I always sang the last part as a question. Is my Savior's love for me? Maybe you sang it as a statement. Yes, it is. Absolutely. But for the longest time, mine was a question. Is his love for me too? Do I deserve that? Am I able to receive that? And the more people extend grace, the closer it brings you to the Father. This is what kindness looks like. Kindness comes from goodness. Goodness comes from our hearts. Now, as fleshly human beings, we do not possess goodness on our own, right? But when Holy Spirit comes in, Holy Spirit infuses our hearts with goodness. Goodness overflows and spills out in the form of kindness to other people to lead them to the throne of God. So think of it this way. Two sides of the same coin as we start. One is patience, right? And patience restrains. Patience gives space, and if we flip the coin over, we get kindness. Kindness invites. Kindness encourages. And sometimes you say, well, I, I, I meant I meant to encourage so-and-so. I, I've said that before, right? I, I, I meant to do this. I, I, I meant to do that. I, I meant to send that text. I meant to check on that buddy. I meant, right? And this was a gut punch for me, and it may be for you too. Intentions are not actions. Intentions are just thoughts. Intentions don't have follow through. Love does. See, kindness is different than just being nice. Kindness is is deeper. Nice is being polite and pleasing to others, right? Answering a question when somebody asks you something. Uh, making eye contact. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. These are all nice things. Kind goes a step deeper. Kind is authentic. Kind says, I'm with you. Kind says, I see you. Kind says, you're the only one that has my attention right now. Kind puts down your phone, and not this way so you can see all the notifications, right? Puts it down, face down, or somewhere else. That's what kind looks like, patience, extending, waiting, loving well. 
So if our buddy Chuck is making the announcement that we're free to move about the cabin, that means the next thing is coming, and that is the in-flight service, right? So the in-flight service includes drinks. Uh, some things are free, some things are not. This would not be free on an airline. This would probably be like $72, right? And, and so uh, it depends on the airline, what you have free. Uh, my favorite cookie, actually, I found on an airline, Biscoff, right? How many of you have had Biscoff? If you haven't, you are missing out. That is amazing, amazing stuff. But I digress. So, some things are free. This is not, right? And we come to the next part. Love is not proud. Fuseao is the Greek word here. Fuseao is the, the same Greek verb that refers to a bellows. This is a bellows right here. My beautiful wife Marie got me this bellows because I struggle with asthma. I have to have an inhaler, right? And if you've ever tried to blow on a fire with asthma, that's not a good day, right? Eventually you get super winded, you try to stand up, and you get super dizzy, okay? So, she got this bellows, right? Love is not proud. Love is not puffed up. Is what this looks like, right? Puffed up of how much we can accomplish. Puffed up with all that we've done. Puffed up with who we know and how much we know. Puffed up over and over and over again. And then the idea is you push that air out onto the fire and the fire catches, right? But here's the thing. Whenever you're in a conversation with somebody else, you puff up yourself with all the things that you've done. You puff up yourself and forget to ask them about their day or what they're doing. You puff up yourself over and over again, and eventually the air gets let out all over that person. Your hot air, your pride, ends up on them. You forgot to ask about what they were doing. You forgot to ask how they were. It didn't occur to you. You're too proud. Paul talks so much about the danger of being self-important, the danger of drawing so much attention to yourself in 1 Corinthians. He actually used the same Greek word six different times in that letter alone. Paul's obviously trying to make a point. I remember our kids saying, look what I can do, right? Maybe you're at that stage, right? Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Get down from there. You're going to hurt yourself, right? Look what I can do. Look what I can do. They're kids. Eventually, they stopped saying that. But I kept watching. And I, and I think that's both sides of love is not proud. It's okay to be proud of your accomplishments if you're lifting more weight in the gym or if you got an A on your test or you're kind of following through with your dreams. I mean, share that. But pride's something different. Pride doesn't seem to notice much at all, does it? But my kids, they're doing amazing things. The whole time, they're not really drawing attention to themselves. And I thought of three different words, Marie and I have talked about this quite a bit, that will change somebody's whole world. I see you. It's the other side of love is not proud. I see how hard you're working. I see how well you're doing at school. I see that you're hurting. 
I see that you feel a little overwhelmed. My challenge this week, don't make it awkward, right? But tell somebody you see them this week. Meet them. You have my attention. Love builds up. And the tendency when we get knowledge, right? I'm a nerd, so I like knowledge. I like information. I like to know a whole bunch about a whole lot of random things. But when I keep all of that knowledge for myself, like it's some sort of secret, I get proud of what I know. And knowledge can puff up. All of our education, all the things that we bring to the table. But love, love builds up. It's a beautiful picture from Chuck. Knowledge can puff up. We get proud of all the things that we know, all the people we know, right? But love, love meets somebody where they are. Love's not proud. Love asks questions. Love follows through. I'm not breaking theological ground here. (laughs) I'm merely trying to make a point, a challenge to each and every one of us, including myself, while we're on this plane together. You see, the Corinthian believers argued over which apostle they followed. This is in chapters 1 through 3. They spoke poorly of Paul. That's in chapter 4. They boasted of their tolerance of sinful behavior, which is chapter 5. They took fellow believers to court with lawsuits. This is chapter 6. They dishonored God in their taking of the Lord's Supper. This is chapter 11. They sound like a bit of a dumpster fire, don't they? And they argued about which spiritual gifts were most important. That's in chapter 12. And so Paul's exhortation, when he says, love is not proud, this provided a proper corrective for their self-centered attitudes. It's not about you. So the flight attendants working their way down the aisle, uh, I've never sat in fact first class. I usually sit in the back of the plane, Right. Has anybody sat in first class before? You'll have to share with me. Okay. Please share with me that experience later. I have never experienced that. Flight attendants making their way down the aisle, pouring our expensive water over and over and over again into cups. Almost, almost to us, pour out the last little bit of water. And they don't have anything else. What happens when the flight attendant runs out of water? She needs more, right? Just to finish. So do you. You need more water, living water. Refill and rest. You see, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't pour from an empty bottle. It doesn't matter how fancy the bottle is. 
over and over again. We help people, right? We pour into their cup over and over and over again. But if the water's empty and you're still trying to pour into the cup, you're not doing it on the Lord's power anymore. You're doing it on your power, and that simply isn't going to sustain. One of these days, probably soon, you're going to crash and burn. You can't pour from an empty cup. You can't love from an empty cup. Agape love overflows from living water inside of you, much like goodness, pours out. So, are you connected to living water? Do you have prayer in your life? Do you have time for study in your life? Do you have a mentor in your life? Are you a mentor? Do you have somebody that's accountable? Are you accountable? These things all come as part of the Christian life. This Christian walk. We can't try to serve others on our own. It simply won't sustain. This next part I needed for an example. This is not going to happen on our flight. I absolutely, I I shouldn't say 100%, but it's a really high percentage. Oxygen deploying. Okay, oxygen deploying. Again, this is just imagination. This is never going to happen on your flight. How do I know? Because 10 events out of a billion flights, oxygen deploys. Let me say that again. 10 times out of a billion flights, oxygen will actually deploy. So don't worry. You're safe. It's never happened to my buddy Chuck in all the years that he has been flying. So this is what happens when the oxygen deploys. The air above 10,000 feet has too few oxygen molecules per particle of air for humans to breathe. And that's where the pressurization system comes in, the cabin pressure. That recreates what it feels like to breathe between 5,000 and 8,000 feet, which is comfortable for you and I. And so when that pressurization system fails, the oxygen masks deploy. They come down, and you have just seconds to get on that mask before you start to feel the effects of the lack of oxygen. Before you say that's really smart, how do you know all that? That's from cntraveler.com. You know, it's interesting. I found an article this week. I still don't know what to make of the article, but man, this title caught my attention. Why we need to be selfish to be selfless. Say that again. Why we need to be selfish to be selfless. And then I thought of Matthew 22.39 that says, love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say love your neighbor at the expense of yourself. If you've been on a plane, you know this This graphic comes up, right? The explanation from the flight attendant. The instruction is, before you help anybody else, you put your mask on first. You're no good to anybody if you can't breathe. We take care of of others every day, you and I, in different ways. A whole bunch of different ways. But... What's our motivation? If it's because we're insecure, then it's never going to be enough. 
it's always going to fall short of that need that we've created in our heart. If it's because of status or what we can attain, then it's not agape. It's not divine love that comes from the Lord. Don was speaking last week, and I'm not sure if he said this quote or if I kind of got to this quote from what he was saying. But the simple question, you belong to Jesus, but are you connected to Jesus? Are you connected to the Father? As Christians, we belong to him, but are you connected to him? Are, are you part of the body of Christ? Do you have a life that would indicate that Jesus is the Lord of it? Are you moving, as Eugene Peterson says, along obedience in the same direction, step after step, closer to him? The masks come down. Chaos ensues. You've got 18 seconds on the average to get that mask on before you start to feel the effects of hypoxia. In the words of Keanu Reeves, what do you do? It's from Speed. <laughs> Nobody knew that. What is your first response? Look at the person next to you. This is a hard one for me. If I was sitting right there, do you help the person next to you before you help yourself? You love them, right? Maybe you remember someone at the back of the plane. Was there anybody to help them? Do you get up without putting your oxygen mask on? You hold your breath. You try to do it under your own power to try to save somebody else, right? But eventually, you can't breathe anymore. You have to take in that air. And that's when that hypoxia settles in. No longer his breath in our lungs. We're trying to go it alone. Friends, you can only go as far as you are connected. This love thing. You can only love as far as you're connected. You can only forgive as far as you're connected. You can only carry each other's burdens as far as you're connected. You can only encourage as far as you're connected. Because if you're trying to do this on your own, then it's not going to be enough. You have to be connected to the source. It's your breath in my lungs. So what we just finished seeing. So how do we love like Jesus? And the more and more I thought about it, the more I came to the realization that Jesus loved up close. Try to break that down. The woman at the well, the man whose name was Legion, Matthew, the tax collector, the, the lowest of the low, the father running out of time, the hits. Don't bother the teacher. She's already dead. In each instance, Jesus looked in their eyes. He gave them his full attention. 
Jesus was not concerned about the crowd. He was not preoccupied with Rome. Love does. The woman at the well felt love, filled that hole that she had been trying to fill her entire life. The man whose name was Legion may have became the the first person to share the good news in that area. Matthew, the tax collector, became part of a band of brothers that would change the world. And the man, the father, Jesus said, your daughter's not dead. It's never too late. Love does. We agape when we're connected. And we're coming in for a landing. But we've got one more thing to share. And it starts with this idea, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can doesn't mean You should. We're about to disembark, right? And so Chuck has made the announcement. We've come to a full stop. Everything's ready. And and the lights come on. And and everybody does this awkward like half stand, half sit thing, right? I don't know why everybody... I mean, at the back of the plane, you're not going anywhere. Why are you standing up? Just stay there. But there's always one guy, right? One guy. Maybe it's a girl. I, I've never seen a girl. It's always been the guy, right? Muscling his way through. No, I'm very important. I've got to get my kids away. And so he's just going, right? And there's an order to things, right? If there's two lanes at a Chick-fil-A, the order is this car goes and then this car goes. You never have two cars from the same lane go in a row if there's another car waiting here, right? There's an order to things. Shopping carts, put them away, right? There's an order to things. Wait your turn. I I was listening just the other day how, how if we simply wait our turn, we're teaching our kids that we're not better than everybody else. That we can wait just along with everybody else. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got somewhere to go. Don't be that guy. So, Commercially prosperous, religiously diverse, politically influential, and morally deficient. Who are we talking about right now? Yep, you're exactly right. If Paul were alive today, the Western church would be getting a letter. Absolutely, right? More than a few of them. Our current situation fits the bill. But Paul is writing to the church in the Greek city of Corinth. Now, this uh, church, actually the Greek city of Corinth, had a reputation. So much so that the word Corinth, let me, let me look at it, Corinthia Zestai, was coined. And it meant to live like a Corinthian. The word became part of the Greek language. Want to know what it meant? To live a drunken and immoral life. To live excessively and indulgently. This is who receives the love chapter and the letter from Paul. 
in chapter 12, the Corinthians were ranking their spiritual gifts. They were saying, look what I can do. Wow, you're worse than me, right? Over and over and over again. They were clamoring. They were ranking themselves. They were trying to figure out what the best spiritual gifts were and how they could obtain those. And they had this ladder of success that they had put in. They were, they felt they were superior. And if they were superior, they were going to lord it over somebody else. And Paul says, spiritual gifts, I get it. But start with love. If you don't have love, spiritual gifts don't matter much. Teach me how to love like you, Lord. This passage encapsulates Jesus in his ministry so well that in one commentary they said you could actually substitute his name in the place of the noun love. Jesus is our example. We're called to look like him more every day, whether we're cruising at 30,000 feet or whether we're standing in our kitchen, right? Whether we're broken and hurting or whether we have a, a place of esteem. will be known by our love. And wherever we are, they, the people we meet, will know that. Not by how many things we've done. Not by how much money we have. Not even by our spiritual gifts. But by our love. I'd like to do something now. Uh, if you would all stand with me. Cody, if we can go to that heart and the verse, please. When we read this love chapter and we put Jesus in in the place of the noun love, when we put Jesus' name in in the place of the word it, it brings to light something different. It sparks a new perspective. See, whenever it says love is not easily angered, we remember the time when Jesus turned over the tables in the temple. He was angry then, but it was a righteous indignation about what was happening to the place of the Lord. When it says he is jealous for me, it says that God does not want any other gods, any other idols to take the place of him. When we say Jesus is not envious, Jesus is not competing with you. Jesus is not worried about the things that you have. Jesus wants your heart. So if you would indulge me today, uh, we're reading from the NIV and it's up here. So in the place of love or the place of it, if you will supply the name of Jesus as we finish up this evening, or this morning. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. Jesus is not proud. Jesus is not rude. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easily angered. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Jesus never fails.
Thank you for listening to audio from Central Christian Church in Portales, New Mexico. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To connect with us, visit our website at centralwired.org.